morning. Good morning. We're happy to see all your, all the top halves of your, what we're assuming are smiling faces this morning. We'd uh, love for you whenever you're ready to stand and worship with us.
Thank you. Hey, after those two songs, I'm warmed up. How about you? Amen. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good morning. Well, let me tell you this. Even though the sun is not shining outside, the sun, Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, is shining in this gorgeous sanctuary this morning. Can I have an amen? Amen. Uh, I'm up here to talk about um, testimony, and I know sometimes the word testimony might intimidate people. They said, you know, I don't want to raise my hand, but we are up here to have you share with us, and we want you to share with us what has gone on in this past week with you and the Heavenly Father. Uh, the microphone is open, and uh, we encourage you to just raise your hand. And you can come forward or I can come to you if you don't want to walk this far. So who would like to share with our brothers and sisters what's going on in your life? There, there we go. Come on. Thank you. Uh, hi, church. My name is Ashley Dupre. Um, technically not this week, but uh, a couple weeks ago my father had... Uh, brain surgery. It all went well. A um, lot of people prayed for me, but what um, really was uh, uplifting is I was telling people at work this stuff, and they would proactively just offer, hey, do you mind if I pray for him? And um, there was a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ that I didn't know I worked with, and they felt um, confident enough to, to reach out to me and ask to pray for, for my father. And um, everything went well, so it was just very encouraging. And I know God was, was working to, to bring him healing through the doctor's hands and then also afterwards, and he's doing great. So, Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Now that we got this thing started, here we go. Oh, go blue. Here we go. I uh, recently had an interview last Friday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, for a new job, a good paying better job with um, benefits and whatnots and lots of uh, good things to it. And uh, just on, I think, Friday or Thursday or Friday, I actually got a call from a recruiter and I've been formally offered the job. And as of last night, so I filled out all the paperwork for it and, uh, and have a new start date for 11 8 and, uh, and the, um, the health screening and physical and everything that will be on actually the day before my birthday on 1030. And, uh, and so I'll be starting my new job 11 8 and in the next couple weeks or so, I'll be uh, putting my, two, uh, maybe two, two weeks, I'll be putting my two week notice to my job now and going to a better job. Who else had their hand? Who else? I thought I saw somebody. Way in the back. Yay. I can meet you halfway <laughs> after I stumble over the pew. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. In my life, I have known much struggle, and this weekend I was given the opportunity to meet my best friends, Ryan and Bethany, and help them with our house, and to be here, and to know the Lord, and feel his love, and it has been absolutely amazing, and I'm so thankful to be here. Do we have anybody on Zoom that would like to speak? No? Well, while you're, while you're looking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. Maybe I, maybe I told you this before, but at 84 years old, I get to repeat myself, so that's okay. Um, 
how do I tell this without crying? Our daughter, Dea, had lived in California for 32 years, and with circumstances, they moved back to Michigan. Matter of fact, at 13 Mile and Woodward, uh, she and uh, Mark bought a house there. And if you have children that have been far away from your been able to call and says, come on over. I, I, now I call Dea, we see her two or three times a week, and if I have a problem with, with my lawnmower or whatever, hey, I'll be right over, it's only 15 minutes. So I, 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 I just can't tell you how, my, how, hard, how full my heart is that, that she's here. And, you know, I think my, I think my plate is just about full, and that wasn't because of me. It was because of our Holy Father in heaven that said, Harvey, yeah, you may be 84, but I'm not going to tell you how many more years, but I got a few years left for you to do what you are called do love. So we're still going to continue to do to do, do love, and, uh, and I love this sanctuary. <laughs> I love this sanctuary. We got, we got time for five or six, seven, eight more? <laughs> Raise your hand. I don't say, yes. There you go. Hi, everyone. My name's Nick, and uh, I'm going through a process right now in my life where selling a home and things are changing quickly for me. Um, and I find myself trying to steer the ship constantly. So I, mm -hmm. I am constantly having to stop myself and, and give it back to God and the Holy Spirit and ask the right questions because I'll find myself getting myself all worked up for something that just isn't necessary because God's got a plan and I just need to wait for him to reveal it. And he is, surely. But that's the part that I get to have the hardest time with is just letting go and letting someone else drive. And I am so thankful for God. Amen. So, um, as a, a music teacher that gets to work with kids for a, you know, as many as seven, eight years, my life is always very interesting because I, I get to build really strong bonds with kids and, and then I send them off into the world to go wherever it is they're going to go. And I had an affirming moment um, in the past few days with a student who, for some strange reason, thought it would be wise to consult her band director for help with her med school application. Um, even though I didn't understand majority of the content on the application, what it was asking for, but apparently what I think matters to at least a couple people out there. So that was nice. But what was really cool is I always send them off to whatever university they decide to go to, hoping that they connect with good people. Because it's a little bit different when you leave your community and you go out into the big, you know, the big great wide open world and you've got people from different walks of life all mixed in. Well, ironically enough, um, this particular student did connect, and she connected with Crew, and with Maddie and Andy Marshall, and and I saw a picture of them that apparently my wife had gotten several months ago and neglected to show me, but we won't hold her again. We won't hold that against her. But it was a really cool moment because it, it just uh, it was nice seeing that she went from one tight community to another seamlessly, and. Um, that they still feel the, the desire to, to check back in and reach out for help is, uh, 
is gratifying, and, and it's, all, it's all thanks to God. So. Thank you. Any other hands? Um, two things, then. Um, welcome to those who are here for the first time. God bless you, and God bless the fleas that's been here the second time, and we hope that you'll make it a permanent to our church. Uh, we welcome, welcome. And the last thing is I notice a lot, a number of people have that little tags on their shirt. Pastor Bo has one. There are people upstairs. Jesus loves the little people. And there's a lot of men and women upstairs that are taking care of those Jesus love the people, the little kids. So God bless them because they're not down here. They're up there with the kids. Why are they up there with the kids? Because they love the kids. So I'm going to ask for one great round of applause for all the teachers that are upstairs that can't hear us. That's it. <laughs> are you sure, Harvey? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. My name is Liv. Welcome to those online. I know there are several online and to those of you who joined us in person. Um, welcome to Genesis. If you have received, if you've signed up to receive text from Genesis, you should have already received that. You're welcome to pull up your phone at this time and follow the links to um, fill out that digital card. Uh, whether you have prayer requests, you can mark that as Note that they are private or public uh, for distribution to our mail list. Uh, we also are looking for more volunteers, particularly with the ushers and greeters and the coffee team. So as we're hoping to grow more and more of you here in person and worship together, we do need some more hands. Uh, and I, I know they'll do another plug for the garden and the treehouse upstairs. So we need some committed volunteers. If you're able to help once a month or even more sporadically, we can check in with you on that. So please fill that out and let us know if you are willing to help. If you did not receive the text and you want to sign up for our text distribution, it is Genesis Texts, plural, to 94000. So the missional work of Genesis uh, needs to be undergirded by serious prayer. We have Dan Budtry, who is one of our resident missionaries. And he is pulling together a team of um, intercessional prayer warriors uh, to pray for weekly for specific needs with our compassion partners, the missionaries we support, and the Genesis community uh, in general. So I know I saw Dan online. So in your email blast, there should be his phone number or his email. So you can call him, text him, email, and reach out. And please let us know if you are uh, willing to be a part of Dan's group. The 2021 budget, we're on a fiscal year, you know, starting this fall, following through uh, the next year. So it will be released this week for your review. Next Sunday, following the service, we are going to have a Q&A. So it'll be via Zoom, so those can join us who are online or here in person if you have questions about what is being proposed for the coming year. So we will then affirm the budget the following week, October 24th is our goal. And then just finally today after Nate's message, we are going to be breaking out into small group discussions, only 15, 20 minutes and we'll release you. So that's part of our service today. We have brought sort of five areas here. We'll be standing out here uh, helping guide you to those areas. We hope that you will join us. It's just a great chance for us to, you know, connect on a more personal level and share how we're each hearing from God. So um, we'll, 
we'll have some folks out here in the lobby and directing you um, to those groups. So at this time, if you'd like to stand up and say hello to someone you haven't met before, uh, and then we'll continue our worship.
Good morning again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Couple of things before we continue to go. Tony, that was just great news about your new job. Thank, thank you, Jesus, right? It's awesome. And uh, for those who are here with us last week and the weeks before, just as we continue to walk in this world with COVID and things like that, just so you all know kind of what we're doing. In the lobby, we're saying wear a mask for our kids and stuff who are upstairs who are still unable to be vaccinated. So you step into the lobby and you got a mask, throw it on. In the sanctuary here, feel free to remove it if you'd like, um, but also feel free to, to wear it, right? We, we know there is still concern. We know there's still disease. We know that families still have issues. We know that every spot is unique in that. And our heart and our desire is to preserve life, right? To, right? to see it preserved in your families and your community and that. So that's our posture that we're taking um, at this moment. And as you have lived over the last two years, that can change, right? And that could be painful or, or hopeful. May God's mercy, may, may this disease be put to an end. May the peace of God continue to spread all over the world. May those who are suffering with breakthrough cases and finding family and loved ones in the hospital, Lord Jesus, extend your mercy. Lord, where those have died just recently and people are mourning those losses, God, have mercy. In other parts of the country where they're devastated in the world, even more so, God, extend your mercy. You are Lord over everything. Amen. Uh, we're going to take our offering, too. Not really. We're just going to talk about an offering. So thank you for giving digitally. Thank you for the, uh, there is a brown box in the back where you can drop that if you've been coming live and you would like to do that. Uh, we do texting and that. And so thank you for continuing to believe and to sustain and what's happening. Uh, we, each year we have this thing. We're continuing to drive up the money we give away. Right? I mean, I, that's just the power of a church, right? To be, to be generous, to open our hands and to give it to people in need. So we give to missionaries, we give to uh, organizations that we believe are good work, and then we give to different things that are going on around in our community that we want to fuel, that we think is the movement of Jesus. And so thank you for your continued giving, giving in that way. And so let me give thanks to God for that provision. So, Father, thank you that you're the God who provides. You gave us food yesterday, and you provide needs today, and you've let us know even so if we're anxious about today. Father, give us our daily bread. For the friends and the family and the co-workers or neighbors or other people we know, God, who are anxious about that, Lord, give them their daily bread. If there's people you're putting on our heart, open our hands to be generous to those we know who are in need. May our community and neighbors and family members and city and state and world flourish. Lord, may it flourish. And may we be about that good. Thank you, God, for your love and care. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, out in the lobby, we got this like chalkboard out there with big old pieces of chalk and, and like in this beautiful penmanship. That's mine. It says, what are you hearing from God? It looks like, you know, a first grader did it, but it's legible and readable. What are you hearing from God? That's what it says up there. And we invite you today in conversations and, and that and over the rest of the month. If God's been saying something to you, 
getting your attention, wanting to move you, bringing life. We believe in the God that speaks. It's our birthright. One word from God can change everything. Right? One word today will change everything. At least for today, right? And so if you're hearing something, write it on the board. You know, you can, last month people were writing things like, um, don't take that book, and I like your brother, and write those, these, these, these things where you're like, hey, there's, there's something deeper going, there's a story there, right? And that's fine, it can, be, it can be a bit elusive. But what isn't elusive is that God is speaking because he loves you. And so I, I invite you. Write, write that. It can be at the end of today, over the next month. We're going to have chalk out there. Because one of the things we continue to believe, God is speaking, talking to us. Right? And getting our attention. We're learning how to hear it. You can be wrong with what God is saying. <laughs> it's okay. I've been wrong a lot of times. You can be wrong. But Jesus said this. The more that you listen, the more you'll hear. The more you take hold of it and act on it, the more you receive. And so take a deep breath and believe that our God wants to speak to us today. And God might speak when Nate comes up and to share us a little bit today, or I'm going to invite Dave Kane up here for a second, and maybe you'll hear God there, or maybe you'll step into one of the groups and just talk, and you'll, and you'll feel like, you know, there'll be a whisper. And so just take notice what's grabbing you today. We believe that we'll be able to share what God's saying to us today. That's our hope. So may it be. May our ears be open. So with God talking to us, one of the big things that we're, we're trying to do is continuing to invite people to hear from God because we believe that God is speaking into our identities, about us being, calling us as children, right? About God's love for us and what our needs of the day. We believe that God is speaking about things of family and care for others. He has good things for others. And we believe that God is speaking about calling, right? Destiny, things that God's created us for, wanting to awake us. Because we have this God who's um, on this mission where he went and he, and he pulled people near him and he sent them out, called them to specific things. And so we believe that God is whispering that and awaking that in us. That calling can be really simple and it can be grand, but it's the God who's the one who's initiating it all. And so Dave, if you want to come up here, Dave has been processing some of this stuff. And one of the things that we're, we're trying to birth is for people to hear calling, to step into it, and to pull people with them, right? And to engage in practices of loving Jesus. And we'd call that a missional community. And so a missional community is really characterized by three things. This sort of, um, this we call it up, right? Engaging with a God who loves us. Engaging in that relationship with God with others. That's the up towards our Father. Uh, the in, that's pulling a family together, loving people. It's all the love one another's that are written in the Scripture. A group of people who are going to gather around loving each other, bearing with each other, forgiving each other, speaking to each other, encouraging each other, stirring each other, caring, right? Like that's the end thing, right? Being with each other as a family. And the out. And the out is this outward movement of Jesus into the world and to the things that he's been inviting us into. This is all by the impulse of the Spirit. Not by us just sort of manifesting it and saying we got to do it to feel good. So Dave was sharing with me He's been processing calling. 
and uh, we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, Dave, let's, let's share this because this is not a community that's emerged yet. This is just something that Dave's been listening to and taking steps in towards calling that I thought would be cool for us to hear, for you to hear, and to be like, oh, okay, that's, that's what that could potentially look like for me, too. And so, um, Dave, we, we, we chatted about that. So, if you can share with the community, I, as you tried to process what you've been hearing from God as it relates to kind of calling, where God's been sending you and showing you opportunities to step out and to love people, um, share, what's that been looking like, and what are you hearing, and does that, sound like a, does that sound like what we talked about, sort of? Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so for our family, some of you guys know us and some don't, but uh, I have a wife, Amanda, and three children, uh, Jackson, Brody, and Ella. They are 14, 13, and 11. Almost forgot an age. Um, we're super busy um, with soccer, basketball, karate. Um, I'm bivocational working here at the church, and then I also do uh, some other work uh, as well to supplement income. But um, our, our focus as a family has kind of always been, um, from about seven, eight years ago, we heard this term, um, family on mission, right? And we were like, hey, we want to do that. We want to do that. We want to be that. Um, we want to be able to share that with people. Um, so that um, has kind of infiltrated all of these different groups that we have access to, right? Uh, our school group, our neighborhood, our soccer, different teams that they're on. Um, coaches, I, I held a position with Royal Oak Soccer Club, and um, I'm kind of helping out with DCFC over um, towards Ber Berkeley and Southfield. So we, we knew that we had access to different groups. My wife plays soccer, so she's got a, she plays with Abby here, Ashley's wife, um, and sometimes with Ashley. He's great, too. Um, so, like, we have these different groups that we're a part of, and we're like, what, what do we do with them? Like, what's the, what's our what is our purpose? Why are we, why are we put in these positions? Um, why are we befriended, right? Why do people come and gather around us? And so we really felt that that family on mission title was like, that's, that's what we are. That's, that's what we do. Um, so with that, the most recent thing, um, just kind of the, what I think is the easiest on-ramp to starting this missional community that we're, that we're talking about and speaking of, that there's some groups that have already shared and exist and they've been going after something for a long time. But our conversation was more about this is what's starting for, for us, for me, for my family, uh, a new opportunity. So first, of it, uh, first part of it, I guess, is listening to like, well, what, is, what does God want us to do with this particular new group of people that we've been um, given access to? Um, so that takes a lot of praying takes a lot of listening. Um, sometimes we hear nothing for weeks, right, of like, I don't know what to do. Maybe, maybe we just belong, and that's okay. We don't always have to lead something. We don't always have to do something. Um, but it, it was very, uh, very clear, uh, a message from God that said, I want you to mobilize people for my good. That's why I've given you access that's why I've given you favor in the eyes of other people to be able to leverage opportunities or share opportunities with people to be mobilized for his good. So that's uh, really living into what we felt that we've always been called to is how do we connect people um, with us and then connect them spiritually. 
So that's kind of the newest challenge. The, the opportunity that's uh, ahead of me is that I have access to like 2,500 people. And they're like, hey, we want you to like, you know, give us ideas. We, we know we need to do something. We don't know what it is. Um, so my current task list more so looks like, how do I create opportunities for people to serve? Uh, how do we give back to our community? How do we get connected to other things that need help, that need manpower, kid power, woman power, like anything, right? Um, so that's, that's where we're at in the stage of like, we've heard from God, it matches what our like passion is and what we feel that he's uh, given us. Um, and now it's kind of the, how do we do that? In previous groups, when, when we've mobilized people to, to do something, um, sometimes the up component from the group setting has been the part that's maybe the weaker link, that we're pretty good about caring for the people that we do, that, do the thing with, and then we're really good at doing the out of like, hey, we're, we're gonna mobilize 20 to 30 people to do this, or maybe it's six people, whatever it is. So we re I think we really nail those two things well, two of the three. Um, the up component is something that I think in a lot of our groups, we've been the primary focus of being maybe spiritual parents, but not necessarily leading a Bible study within or with a core group of whatever that 20 to 30 people is that we're mobilizing. So that's where we kind of need prayer of saying like, hey, you have this opportunity and people do come to you in smaller pockets for spiritual conversations, but how does, how does that conversation get to the 20 or 30 or get to the 100 and get past that? Right, so that's the, that's the part where we need prayer because that's our hope is that um, this isn't just about connecting and doing something. Everybody can do that. Um, but what do, we, what do we do with it that glorifies God? How do we proclaim that? How do we continue to pass on that message? Um, so my encouragement to you guys is all of us have access to something. So we've talked before in years past about not trying to add something to somebody's schedule, right? Bo just said, like, the thing that you're doing or wanting to start doesn't have to be, like, great, world-changing. Eventually, maybe it could be. If enough people are impacted and those people take that and impact other people, that's the multiplication factor, right, that we want to get to. Um, but I would encourage you to study your life and where you're at now and what you have access to, what you're passionate about, what you have the resources to kind of go after, and who's going to do that with you. Um, and just start those conversations, um, that it's not a new group of people maybe that you'd be ministering to, but it's a group that you already operate within. Because if your time is already there, it's easier for you to just kind of change a conversation or bring up something that maybe takes it in a different way. Thank you, Dave. So if you get it, so the organization he's dave is helping a massive group of people right within the soccer organization soccer organization that he's a part of and wanting to move those kids and families to love other people right and then his prayer which i i love because that's like the next step it's like hey church how do we how do we support right how do we be a part how do we know and this is something that dan's group would be doing be praying would be like all right dave is saying we want our eyes open to see like for those who are saying yes and those are coming around how can we move with them for those who seem to be really open, right, who are hungering for something more, where God's doing something very specific 
to invite them in to experience and be with us to experience the love of Jesus, specifically, right? To live into that love and to be embraced by the Father. So that's, that's a big prayer, right? And so we're inviting that in there. But this is Dave and a man and their family trying to listen to God. So when we talk about calling, this is about the Holy Spirit directing that and not um, any human. It's not a church saying, we want you to do something. Do something good. No, we want you to listen to the Holy Spirit who sends you. And then what the Spirit says, we want you to do it. Not because we have said it, because the Spirit of God has. And so you can get it wrong and change your mind, right? Or change your direction. So let's pray. So Father, thank you for Dave, and thank you for this idea that you birthed in him, these passions and these relationships and all these families and all these kids with, with the opportunity. So God, give creativity, and if there's even people here who are passionate about that and want to learn more, let, let them grab Dave so they can hear about it and maybe help him dream or uh, create a context for that or something. And so Father, and open their eyes to the people. They, they want to know how to experience your love right? How, to, how, how they could experience you with others in a way. For these people, God, who, who may not be willing or able or have no concept of stepping into a church to see you and hear about you. So bring them near, God. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you didn't know, Dave leads up our high school, middle school students here at Genesis, so we're grateful for him. So if you didn't know that, this is, this is Dave. So, that's awesome. If you're continuing to hear and process about calling what you're hearing from God, write it on the board. Tell us. Drink, tell people. Allow them to be with you on that journey to encourage you, to empower you, and to resource you if you need it. All right. And then Nate's going to pop up here and teach on our value now. Good morning. We're going through a series uh, focusing on our core values. This week, we're talking about being missionaries, that we are missionaries. And you've heard many references to this point about the Merchelles, about Dan Buttry, about Dave and his family. So hopefully, what I share will just kind of slot in and make sense to what you've already heard, and then we'll fuel you in the discussion. So would you stand up and let's read um, this value together, that we are missionaries. We are missionaries. God is a missionary and invites us to join in his good work. Because of this, we intentionally equip followers of Jesus Christ to participate in God's mission in neighborhoods, networks, and to the nations. All right, you can be seated. Well, first we have to address the fact that there are limitations and perhaps even baggage that we carry with the word missionary. And so when we step into reading this, we might think that we're reading about somebody else. Clearly, we're reading about Dan Buttry and Sharon Buttry, right? Everyone agrees. Clearly, we're, we're reading about Andy and Maddie Michelle that are down on Wayne State's campus. 
But for most of us, uh, we recognize that being a missionary is meaningful, but we actually look at it as a vocation. And so we say, well, we, I support missionaries by sending them money. Why? Because they have stepped into it as a vocation. But our value is actually different than that. Our value states that being a missionary is a part of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And so that each one of us is actually a missionary. So now having said that, we have to contend with the fact that historically the idea of a Christian missionary will bring up a mixed bag of feelings. Yeah? Sometimes they're good feelings, like missionaries who help dig wells in communities that don't have access to clean drinking water. We would say that's a good thing. Or missionaries that use the Bible to help educate and to teach people how to read. We would say, oh, that's a good thing. Missionaries that set up microloans to help elevate people whose families are in poverty. We would say those are good things. But they're not the only things that Christian missionaries are known for, though. There's also some not-so-good feelings that are connected to that name of missionary. It can often reek of privilege. And what that sounds like is we're going on this mission trip to help these people who are helpless to help themselves. The word missionary can also bring the idea of power dynamics and of colonialism. We're going to save these people from themselves. When I, when I say these, do any of these resonate with you by a show of hands? Yeah, okay, so you're with me. <laughs> The missionary act of God that we are referencing in our value is an act of sacrifice, and it's an act of submission. It's an act of, of not seeing equity with God as being the end goal, of Jesus actually emptying himself of the divinity to be wrapped in flesh. It's called the incarnation. We celebrate it at Christmas every year. It says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have to see that Jesus is the missionary act of God. God wrapped in flesh coming as a messenger to declare what? To seek and to save. Jesus comes as the missionary message that there is hope and that there is good news. And so it's appropriate for us this morning to look at Jesus and to take our cues from him as the best missionary. And so Luke 19 is going to be the text that we're going to look at. If you have your Bible, you can open it or on your phone. 
But in Luke 19, we find the clarity of Jesus' mission as a missionary. I don't know about you, but I've started to recognize in life that an event can happen, and depending on who's reporting on the event, the headline will look different. Anyone familiar with that? Ever, ever been on Facebook? I'm finding this uh, to be funny as I look through the scriptures, because there are no chapter headings in the scripture. So somebody decides what the heading is. And I just, in preparation for today, it was, just, it was like I was watching news channels and flipping through with Luke 19. Because the NASB labels Luke 19 as Zacchaeus converted. The NKJV labels it as Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. Those are two very different headings. And you should, feel, you should feel that. One of those is communicating something about Zacchaeus being changed into something else. The other is saying Jesus went and visited somebody at their house. Like, they're very different and I have to be honest with you that I believe in Christianity that we have chosen different objectives often than Jesus had. And I think in this text, we'll find that we have our own biases towards being called a missionary. I say, you are a missionary, and immediately something comes to mind. It's a part of your bias. So tell your neighbor right now that you're a missionary, or put it in the chat. So use the word, say I'm a missionary. See how awkward it feels. I've only heard one, per I only heard Bethany do it. Thanks, Bethany. <laughs> it feels awkward. It feels like you're putting on somebody else's shoes. Well, in Luke chapter 19, we find the true heading that Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. <laughs> That's the heading I'm gonna embrace. And this is what the text says. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Double whammy. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they, the religious types, all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I'll give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son 
of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you hear the mission of Jesus? Jesus says, I am here to seek and to save that which was lost. Eugene Peterson in the message translates this as to find and restore the lost. It's a beautiful idea. Those shoes fit a lot better for me. I love the idea of finding and restoring. I like to do that for furniture. <laughs> I like to do it for humans that are small. Usually under the age of four, I prefer. At four, they get real mouthy. <laughs> the idea of finding and restoring, this is the mission of God in this world, to seek and to save, to find and to restore that which is lost. This is the mission of Jesus, and this is the mission that we are sent to do as well. So we are missionaries, right? Put, put away all of those ideas that made your gut feel bad when you turned to the person next to you and you said, I'm a missionary. <laughs> Set that aside and to say, I am invited on the mission of finding and restoring. Amen? That's beautiful. I'll give my life to that. As missionaries were sent into this world by a missionary God to participate in God's work of finding and restoring. And I love looking at how Jesus does this, and I think we have something to learn from him. So take notes, if you want. First, Jesus becomes the guest of Zacchaeus and invites himself into Zacchaeus' personal space. That's huge. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, come down, I'm, I need to go to your house today. <laughs> like, that's bold. That's a bold statement. Have you ever been invited to the home or the space of someone that isn't following Jesus? Or do you always need to be the host? There's something honoring and there's a submitting that happens when we accept the invitation into another person's space. We meet them on their terms and they're comfortable. I have a friend who calls me about every week and invites me to his house to have a cigar in the garage with him. I haven't gone yet. Writing this, I feel pain about that. He's inviting me into his life. I happen to like cigars too, so I don't know why I haven't gone. <laughs> I love this though, because Jesus does this so well. He gets into the personal space of Zacchaeus so much that the onlookers accuse him of being a friend of sinners. As a missionary, have you ever been accused of being a friend of sinners? I have. I have on Facebook. Missionaries are friends of sinners. Understand? Jesus was a friend of sinners. It's in that relationship then that we get to participate in the good work that God is doing of finding and restoring. 
get into the space of others. Secondly, Jesus stays on mission despite the fact that there are naysayers around him. How about you? How easily are you persuaded by needing to have other people say you're doing the right thing with the right people? Or do you, do you move with a certainty and a confidence that when God invites you, then the Holy Spirit goes with you and empowers you and gives you the words to say? Or, is it, or are you floundering? Let me say this. Anyone that's allowing you into their intimate space of their life is a person of peace for you. Anyone that is inviting you into their personal space, that person likes you. They might not like Jesus. They might not like the church. They might not like religion. They like you. And Jesus is in you. They may not be ready to convert, as the NASB might call it, but gosh, they might be happy that you're in their house. They might be feel honored that they were able to present to you charcuterie. <laughs> and when you go, you're a missionary. Jesus knows that Zacchaeus is not popular with the people. He's a tax collector. He's crooked. And he probably has very little community in his life. And so Jesus steps up with an invitation into Zacchaeus' home. And despite the negative feedback from the religious people, Jesus stays on mission and goes to Zacchaeus' home. But for what reason? And this was the Dave part. We're still dreaming about what does it mean for us to connect to God with this group? Why does Jesus go to Zacchaeus' house? Jesus fulfills the mission to seek and to save, to find and restore, simply by speaking blessing over Zacchaeus. That's powerful. Just as he is in his crooked tax collecting, with an exploitative history, Jesus says these words. Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. The crowd called Zacchaeus a sinner and Jesus called Zacchaeus a son. Jesus steps into Zacchaeus' personal space to make a proclamation that Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham and thus is a son of God. Sometimes being a missionary is simply speaking blessing over people who are living under some other influence and some other power that's trying to define them. Proclaiming the good news of God is par for the course for the missionary. The question we need to be asking is, what is good news for them? 
As missionaries, we have the opportunity to speak truth over others that can change the narratives that they're living under. Words like, you're beloved. You're loved by God. This world needs you. Being a missionary is the opportunity to join in God's work of finding and restoring and accepting invitations to homes and finding and restoring and visiting people where they are and finding and restoring and speaking truth over those who are lost and downtrodden by this world and finding and restoring and finding and restoring. That, that's the work of the missionary. We want you to be able to go a little bit deeper in discussion about this. And so we have questions that are set up. We have leaders at the tables. I encourage you to go to a table and to have a discussion. It's not going to be long, but it might help just cement what God is trying to say to you in this moment. So I want to release you to go. And leaders, if you can stand by your tables or by your door and be super invitational, super like smiley and happy, and that will help draw everyone to you. So we'll go out into the lobby here and uh, find a table. For those of you that are on Zoom and want to participate, I'll be leading the session on Zoom.